episode 30. Hey, everybody. Good to hear from you or see you. I can't, I can't, I can't hear or see anybody right now. I can only have faith that you guys are tuning in and listening to me uh, and listening through the entire recording. You're not just checking out two minutes in. We've made it 30 episodes and I'm very happy. I'm very, I, I feel like I've achieved a milestone. I'm about to turn 30 this summer and just things feel okay. Things feel okay. This is how you get the wheels moving. This is how you get shit going. This is how you, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a tiny little base of followers, people that are, I know are listening and they're, they, they seem to be enjoying it. They may just be hate listening, which is okay. It's just, you know, it's, it's another stream. But uh, that's how all cults start, right? Just with a tiny little nucleus of people that you indoctrinate into your belief and then it grows and it grows and it grows. I mean, it's, it's a lot easier today. Back then, back a thousand years ago, if you were a cult leader, if you were a prophet, it would have to spread by word of mouth. And then, you know, by the time you had accumulated enough people to follow you, enough disciples, you were dead. Either the Romans killed you or you died at 32 of a fucking blister. Something you could cure today with a good night's rest. And today, I don't know, if you, if you want to start a cult, all you do is just, what, you fire out an email, you send out a DM, you, you post a picture of you uh, twerking to Meg the Stallion on, 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 on the talk, and there you go, bam. You got yourself a nice little uh, faction of uh, fucking weirdos. No, I don't want to start a cult, so if anybody's listening in, back off. I'm just a man who's trying to make a living making people laugh, I suppose. I don't know. No, but I, I'm, that's not to say that a cult isn't on the table, okay? Because a cult's always like, when in doubt, you know, when, when you've lost faith, start a cult. Start a cult. There's enough vulnerable people out there who will listen to, who will hang on every word that you spew. You know, if 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 you if you feel that your achievements are not up to par with what everyone else is doing at your age, you know, it's never too late today to just grab a fucking Amazon box, one sturdy enough to hold your given weight, stand in the middle of the town square, or better yet, an intersection. You can just do it at an intersection now, because if nobody wants to listen to you, all they do is drive off. That's it. Do you know how many wasted people I'm seeing at bus stops and waiting for lights to cross the street? People that I just see, they're staring at the floor, they're lonely, they lack confidence, they're not holding their head up high. I just, I see these people and I think to myself, all they would need is a megaphone and their life would change. They'd have friends, they'd have acceptance. Uh, no, I'm seeing a lot of wild people do shit like that. It's like the pandemic is bringing out people and I, ta I talked recently. I talked very recently about how the pandemic is bringing out the wild ones, the wild people. And it's not to say that these people aren't always wrong, but the way that they convey their message is unconventional and not up to the standards of uh, the, the people on the tweeters. Like, I, I you know, I'm, I'm going to buy groceries the other day, and there's a guy standing right in the middle of the parking lot 
on like a patch of grass. There's like, you know, some of those places have a patch of grass that you just stand on for whatever. I, I can't think of a reason to have that patch of grass other than to just have a, some like mentally, you know, unhinged fellow or woman stand up and just start and yelling, yelling the word of the Lord. What did the prophet say today? And he's just yelling about end times are coming and it's, it's out of a fucking movie. End times are coming and do not be afraid to give yourself to him. And by him, I'm either assuming Jesus, Satan, or Kanye, someone there, right? Somewhere on that spectrum, someone on that spectrum. And, uh, yeah, he's just kind of going, and I'm like, you know what? This is this is the society that I want to live in. I want to live in a place where this guy's not hurting anybody. He's just kind of yelling. He's just yelling. If you don't, you just you you put on your fucking AirPods that you probably already have in, and you just keep listening. You just keep you you know that's it. And you and you 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 just go about your day. No harm, no foul. This guy's not bothering you. He's not changing your life. Whatever. That's the world that I want to live in. That area, that one particular, I grew up in that. And th that area is a haven for crazies. That, that area has always had trouble. I remember growing up, if I wanted to walk to the store, this is when I was illegally buying cigarettes. I, I would always be you know, watching my back. I'd always be worried about who was behind the corner. I remember there was a guy who just got off a payphone and walked up to me and he was like, hey man, I'm a little fucked up right now. Do you think you could give me a ride? And I'm like, I don't have a car, but hop on my back. I'm working out. No, there's always like weird, nefarious doings in that spot. And I'm driving back there now during the while I'm staying at, uh, with my parents. And I'm driving uh, through that area and there's, there's a Tim Hortons in that plaza where that guy was uh, standing and I'm just, I'm always brought back to my youth and just kind of traipsing around the neighborhood and encountering all of these, uh, unconventional, uh, folks. And it's like an instant flashback and it's almost every day. Cause, uh, you know, I, I keep going back to that drive through I need my coffee. My relationship with drive through people, fast food workers, is all over the place. I was just thinking about that today, just going through it. Like I, I always get frustrated with people <laughs> in the drive-thru with the employees, but I have to start remembering that I came from that myself. I, I started out working at burger joints. I was a fry cook for a while at Harvey's Hamburgers, and that didn't always go so well. Nobody there spoke English, and and they were uh, they were always like talking behind my back, and I was always that guy who's yeah I was like I was fifteen years old. What the hell am I going to stand up for myself and get fired? What am I going to do? I just I, but uh, but I came from that that place where I was doing that. Those are my first jobs, so I, I automatically have some empathy for people who do those kinds that kind of work. All right. Because it is a thankless job, and it's arguably the most important industry in our society. People got to eat. It's an industry that feeds people all across the spectrum. You have fucking rich people going to the cabin for the weekend or going to the island for the weekend. Hint, hint. And then you have people who were middle class like myself and my friends who were just – we were getting drunk and we needed a place to you know, yell and stand on the seats at 2 a.m. 
And then you have people who are coming in off the street who, who want something off the dollar menu. And you got to serve those people. And it's, it's a very important industry. So it is a thankless job. And I just, I, I, <laughs> I was in the drive-thru tonight getting a coffee before I started recording. It's like a ritual of mine. And I'm looking through the window and I'm just seeing the guys there. They're just on their phones. They're just waiting for something. And I remember being that guy sitting at, standing at the drive-thru, working all the time at McDonald's. This is my second fast food job. And I'm just, I remember that whole night, one order after another. Sometimes you wouldn't have an order. Like there would be that moment at like, like, I don't know, 1 a.m. on a Wednesday where nothing would happen. You wouldn't have any action and you were just praying like, okay, someone come in and fucking rob this place. Make it interesting. Stick a gun in my face. Hop over the counter like somebody in one of those movies. Do that. Drag me by the collar up to the safe and then just make me turn the dial. I don't know the code, but I'm just going to pretend I do because I want to stay alive for as long as I can. Something like that. Something very cliched like that. I was praying because just the, the monotony of working one of those jobs makes you want to die right away. It's terrible. And every now and then something good will happen. Something cool will happen, like a fight will break out or you'll get a character at the drive through He's waiting for his last meal. You know, he'll 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 pull up to the first window. Like, yeah, you know, the cops are on my tail. This is uh this might be the last Big Mac I have for the next twelve years. There were some weird people at the drive-through. I remember when I was working there. I was working. I remember two thousand eight, summer two thousand eight. The Dark Knight came out, and the Dark Knight when it came out was just a moment in time. Arguably the biggest, more, most famous film to come out of the 2000s decade, other than maybe Lord of the Rings, Gladiator was big, and Glory is Bad. These are all movies that I love, obviously. But I remember The Dark Knight came out, and everybody knew that summer. As soon as that movie came out, I remember seeing it three times. Halloween is just going to be everybody dressed as Heath Ledger's Joker. Everybody and their grandmother. And everybody had that costume. Everybody was right. That costume sold out. Everybody was dressed as... And here I'm working at McDonald's. I used to do the overnight shift once a month on the weekend, on the Saturday. We would rotate. Me and a bunch of the other youngins who were doing that job, we would we would, like, came up with like a system where we would rotate one by one. And I got the Saturday before Halloween 2008. And I remember for eight hours, I'm by the drive-thru from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. And there came a point at about 3 a.m., where it was just this streamline of cars, every driver dressed as Heath Ledger's Joker. Every one of them looked the exact same. They were all getting out of parties. A bunch of them probably came from the same party and they were pissed off and they were, you could tell that they were depressed because <laughs> they probably felt like, you know what? I'm going to be, the people are going to love my costume. They walk through the door and they see, hey, a bunch of other Heath Ledger tributes are here. Oh, wow. Okay. I guess I'm not going to get laid. And you see some of these guys, it's like the makeup at that point was running down their face. It was like melting, right? Which only added to the aesthetic. I think Heath would be proud. But I remember that just vividly one by one, a bunch of Heath Ledger's jokers. And they all got like the same thing, like nuggets. Because when you haven't gotten your dick wet, you need a little bit of chicken to fill that void. Doesn't really make sense, but <laughs> it's a code I live by.
Uh, listening to a lot of stuff lately. Watching a lot of stuff. I don't know. It's all going. Uh, I was watching Ghostbusters recently. And I was thinking about this. That movie is still hilarious. In my opinion, one of the better comedy films of the 1980s. And after that, like it's transcendent. Like people still love watching that film, but it is a cheesy film. It's about guys who catch ghosts, grown men who catch ghosts in a world where you don't even know if this is a normal thing. Everybody just kind of treats it like, oh, there's a ghost outbreak again. But here are these guys who can actually catch and fight the ghosts. That's that's like really the only notable thing about the movie. Everybody just kind of treats ghosts like this kind of thing that, yeah, you know. <laughs> Old Jeffrey's back. He's, you know, he's haunting the hallways. But I, I always found that movie when the when the the uh, the environmental guy comes in, who's supposed to be the villain of the film. He's like, I want to know more about what you do, and if you if you, <laughs> I'll come back with a court order. That guy, you know, the, this man has no dick. That dude. That guy was one hundred percent in the right. I mean, here are these guys who are just traipsing around New York City, catching ghosts, carrying the equivalent of nuclear bombs on their back, never before seen equipment. And this guy, you're going to have some questions. Is this safe? Is New York City going to blow up? What are you doing? And he's the villain of the film. And I always found that really funny because Bill Murray is such an asshole in that movie. And he's a great asshole. He plays it to a T. Sometimes I, I think that, hey, that he's not really acting. Bill Murray just wandered onto the set and they just said, you know, Ivan Reitman went, all right, let's do it and gave the thumbs up to Aykroyd and they just put him in the film. That seems like something that Bill Murray would do. I think a lot of Bill Murray's roles just came out of thin air because he was, you know, on some like weird mushroom trip wandering across the country and he just stumbled onto... Harold Ramis and Groundhog Day. Oh, I have to play a character where I'm repeating the same day over and over again? Well, you know what? I know a thing or two about that. These are tailor-made roles for Bill Murray. So many kids' movies. Like, I, I watched uh, Ghostbusters again recently, but I'm going back and like all these old, like revisiting these older films, like these older Disney movies. Or I'm just watching clips on you. Like, I'll do that thing late at night if I'm writing. I'll have, like, a break, and I'll, I'll get caught up, like, going down this YouTube rabbit hole where I'll, I'm just watching video just all across the spectrum. Like, at one point, I'll be watching, like, Elon Musk talking about Tetris or some shit, and then I'll be watching Disney clips. And I remember I was watching all these Disney clips, started, and, and clips from Pinocchio started popping up. And I remember watching one, and I'm like, oh, this is like a fucking horror movie. This is a horror. No wonder parents are terrified to show their kids this. Um, they may never be the same again. I remember watching Pinocchio as a child and not quite understanding it. It disturbed me a little bit, like the whole donkeys part. But I'm like, this is insane. Like, I couldn't sleep for the rest of the night because of it. It bothered me. It's like you have this one kid, his name's Alexander, one of the kids who, who goes to the Pleasure Island, turns into a jackass. And he's like, I, I, he's crying home to his mother. And I'm like, this is a fucking children's film. I know it was 1940 when no one had a conscience, but God damn it. There's only two movies that I've seen that emphasize men crying for their mothers. 
One was Saving Private Ryan, and the other, Pinocchio. I mean, like, come on, Walt Disney. That's got to be one of the more disturbing children's films to ever come out. I, I, I mean, there's probably some Serbian cartoon where a bunch of kids get sent into a meat grinder or some shit. But here, I'm talking about our culture. I can't think of a more disturbing children's film that, that emphasizes that. And the fact that there's no comeuppance for the villains in the film. There's none. Not for the coachman. Not for uh, the, the maestro guy. Stromboli, not for the uh, the fox and the cat, who are the creepiest, who are up there in the running for the creepiest Disney characters of all time. Because while they're not outright villains that are killing people, they side up. They you know they sidle up with uh, with Pinocchio, pretending to be his friend, and saying, "Hey, you look stressed out. You know what? You need to be an actor. You need to go to Pleasure Island." When really they're just trying to lead him astray. Right, and they're trying to make money, and they're trying to sell them into this, uh, slavery or human trafficking or some shit. And I find that terrifying. So those are uh, my thoughts on that. And you know what, folks? I think I'm going to keep it there. Something's up, podcast. Follow me on Instagram, TikTok. I'm doing well on TikTok, actually. I got a couple videos, some of my joke compilation videos that I do at the end of the week. They're, they're gaining a little bit of traction, so I want to see how I, uh, how I do with them moving forward. But uh, there it is.